This is Daryl Wood, host of Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show on Faith Talk 1500. First, let me say this show is your show. That's why no matter what I discuss or which guests I interview, your input is valued. If it's in the news, on TV, or at the movies, whether political, social, economic, or whatever, at some point I'm talking about it on Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show, Monday through Thursday from 4 to 6 p.m. on Faith Talk 1500. Real life. Real life. Real life. Real life. Real life. Hey, wait a minute. What's the name of your church? Real Life Christian Church. Real life. Get real with another edition of Think About It. Real life messages from Pastor Dennis Rasper from Real Life Christian Church. And now, let's listen to the message from Pastor Rasper. I have the New King James here tonight. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. In everything, give thanks. Notice, in everything. If you've got an NIV, it says, in all circumstances, give thanks. I mean, that's really important. In, in everything, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. In everything, give thanks. In how we thank God tells us how mature our faith is because I see three levels of thanksgiving and there may even be more but I see three levels of thanksgiving we're going to talk about those this evening and as you grow up a level it indicates maturity of faith okay and the first level is the level of the obvious thanking God for what we have health family obvious answers to prayers the second takes even more maturity you ask God in prayer for which you ask him and at the same time you thank him you thank him before you have what you ask for, before you have a noticeable answer to prayer. You treat the issue that you've laid before God as if it's already been answered in your prayers and there's scriptural support for that. And folks, that is trust. And the third level of thanksgiving is thank God when you're suffering. So before we look at each level, let's think about giving thanks. You know, sometimes we say thank you to people and it's very polite, but our heart's not in it. And ladies and gentlemen, man, we can't play that polite game with God because he sees your heart. And when you say thank you, just to blow him off and just be polite and say the right thing, God knows your heart. And that's what we have to do with God, man. This has to come from the heart. It can't just be polite. It's got to be a thank you from the heart. When you say thank you to God, what's it mean? Well, let's go back to this. The Bible defines sin as transgression of the law. That means there's a line and you cross that line. And I cross that line every day, folks. I mean, here's the area of no sin. Here's the line. And here's the area of sin. And I cross that line all the time. You know what I do? Seriously. Once in a while, I watch a program. And I know I shouldn't be watching it. And the Spirit tells me, why are you watching this program? But I say the same thing you do. Hey, I can handle this. I'm a Christian. I'm grounded in the Word of God. But then I read 2 Corinthians 6, and it says, don't have anything to do with the world whatsoever. I mean, where it's going to draw you into it. I set mornings apart for Bible study. Set mornings apart for prayer. And once in a while, I let other things invade those mornings that rob me of everything I should be doing with God. And those are just two sins where I cross that line, where I transgress the very law of God. But I do it. And the big deal is he still showers his abundance on me. He gives me my faith. He gives me my beautiful family. He gives me this beautiful congregation. He gives me everything. I mean, he gives me everything. He gives me health. He gives me wealth. I mean, Cheryl and I were in one store. I forget where it was, Coles or Pennies or something like that. Man, we're walking around there and we're seeing what we can buy. 
and we're thinking to ourselves, and we came home with nothing because we said we don't need anything. I mean, God gives me everything I need and so much more. I mean, I'm serious, ladies and gentlemen, until Jesus comes again, I need nothing. So we thank God, and it's not just polite. It means we know, I mean, this, this is a mouthful, because we live in this age of entitlement. So we know we don't deserve it. We're not entitled to it. And you really understand this in your heart, that we're not entitled to anything. And you know, people are going to say, I work for this, I sacrifice for this. But what about ambition? I mean, what about the, the, the will to sacrifice? I mean, do you ever say thank you, God, for the ambition you put in me? Do you, ever, do you ever thank God for the will to make sacrifices, to pursue a goal? And that's all God's grace. Ever say thank you, Father God in heaven, for the will to persevere and see this thing through? Ever say thank you, God, because I felt like giving up on this whole deal and you wouldn't let me give up? Man, I was so down and you picked me up. Thank you, Lord. Here's something else you're saying to God and you say thank you. You're saying, Father, Lord Jesus Christ, I see you in this whole deal. Listen, folks, I'm not always the best role model, but I do take time in prayer and I do think through the day before and I try and review the day before and I try and, 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 and look at things from the day before and, and just think about things where I saw the hand of God in little and small ways, like a lunch where there was good fellowship. Or every time I had a chance to talk to somebody on the phone or encourage somebody. Every accomplishment, it's all from God. It's seeing Him in every detail. It's seeing God, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything, in everything, thanks God, because this is the will of God this, in Christ Jesus. We see everything as grace, nothing left out. You understand that constant, listen, this is so important. You just understand that constant, 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 John 1 puts it like this, grace instead of grace or grace replacing grace. That constant, constant flow of grace into your life. To, to we people who transgress God's perfect will. Here's one of my favorite Thanksgiving passages. Psalm 145, 16. The eyes of all wait upon you or look to you expectantly. And you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. Of course, not everybody looks expectantly toward God. But this tells me he's willing. I mean, this is the heart of God. He loves his creation. He's willing to open his hand and satisfy the desire of everything in his creation. Listen, Thanksgiving is all about God. He is so good. He just is so good. We haven't sung God is so good in a long time, but he is so good. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, give thanks in everything. Why? It's God's will in Christ Jesus. Bottom line, Thanksgiving pleases God. Again, thank him in everything. In everything, in everything, thank God, for this is God's will in Christ Jesus. Thanksgiving pleases God. So let's look at the levels of thanksgiving. First level. The first level is the level of the obvious. Thank God for what he's done, what's obvious to you, what we have, who we are. And at the top of my list is, of course, my salvation. See, God called me to be his own. And one time I remember this thing when I was writing this thing, I saw Jim Carrey interviewed about his spiritual life. I don't even know if Jim Carrey is anything and whether it's stuck in my mind. And they said, where are you spiritually? He said, I'm a Buddhist, I'm a Hindu, I'm a Muslim, I'm a Christian. He said, I'm all for because it's not what you are or it's not what you believe. It's 
that where you are, you're in the atmosphere of love or a place where love is. I thought to myself, what's that mean? That's nonsense. And I just thank God. I just, I don't know why this passage came to mind. I just thought about this because, man, my life is moving a direction. I'm so glad that God revealed his truth to me in his word. I thought about 1 John 3, 2, where it says, Beloved, right now we are children of God. And it hasn't been revealed what we shall be. So it says right now, right now, right this minute, you're sitting here. You're a child of God. And it hasn't been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, when he comes again, we shall be like him. And we're going to see him as he is, man. That's the consummation of my faith. So right now, you and I are God's children, man. We can't even imagine what it's going to be like in heaven. Salvation means a few things to me. First of all, to achieve salvation for me, it costs God. I don't know if this gets to you, but I cost God. So did you. And he was willing to pay the price. If you don't take anything else home from this message, take that home. You and me cost God, and he was willing to pay that price. The Father gave his Son, and nobody put Jesus out of heaven kicking and screaming. It was his will to die. We are that loved. You know, if that, get, if that ever gets old, man, you just get on your face before God and say, God, never let that get old. Secondly, my salvation tells me that whatever God allows into my life, it might hurt, it might be tough, but nobody can take me from his love regardless of circumstances. I mean, I'm his forever. Life, death, I don't care what it is. Let me just go to Romans 8 here for a minute. Romans 8, 35. I mean, this is what we got, folks. I mean, who who shall separate us from the love of Christ? I mean, think about this. Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword, and all these things were more than conquerors through him who loved us. Think like that. For I am persuaded neither death, death, life, angels, devils, powers, things present, things to come, height, depth, anything in all creation can separate me from the love of God and Jesus Christ. Whatever happens, we win thoughts saying whatever happens we win you never lose so we thank god for the obvious we thank god for our families for my wife your husband your wife our precious kids our precious grandkids they love us they accept us now i'm not saying that this is all of you here because some of us come from dysfunctional families and some of us don't have the other families we have i'm talking generally across the board as christian people your families would sacrifice anything for you they care about the slightest thing going on in your life your family cares about things nobody else cares about going on in your life when something happens in your life they're going to put their life on hold there's a love and a closeness in your family and that is a felt closeness You don't feel as strongly about other people as you do about your family. There's a history that you have. I mean, that's such a blessing. And with your family, you have a history you don't have with other people. I mean, our kids come over on on Sunday night, we have the pizza, and we sit around and we remember, we talk about family history. Sometimes you laugh, sometimes you cry. I mean, thank you, Lord. I mean, these are the things that bind you together. I remember... Halloween is kind of a big deal at our house. I think it was the night before Halloween. We're sitting in the um, we're sitting in the garage. It was cold outside. We closed the garage door and we got this kerosene heater pumped up and working. So we're all sitting in the garage, a couple of tables set up, and we're all sitting around in a big circle. And they're strumming guitars, and they're singing praise songs, and the whole family's in that garage, and we're singing praises to God. 
and just loving the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm sitting there and I'm just thinking to myself, dear Lord Jesus Christ, it does, I, that, that, was, that was such a moment in my life. I'm saying to myself, it doesn't get any better than this. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just think about my country and my freedoms. I don't do this as much as I like to boast about, but in the warm weather in the summertime, I go walking and I go walking and, you know, basically in 26 mile road between Mound and Van Dyke and you get all these big subdivisions there with these big homes there. And I walk through these big subdivisions and I see all these migrant workers. And um, I, don't, I, I forgot who I talked to, but, you know, one of the employers... And he said, they go home and there's eight to, eight, eight to ten people living in one small apartment with one bathroom. And they take what they can get and pay. They just take and they don't argue about it because they're illegal. But they say it's a whole lot better here than where they came from. And I'm legal. And I live in this country. We're here by God's design, you know. I think sometimes, why did God choose me to live here and not in Sudan, where it is disaster to confess Christ? Because they will either slice you apart or take families and send the, woman, the mother to a woman's camp and the kids to a children's camp and the father to a father's camp and you never see each other again if you just confess Christ. Why it was God's plan. Do you ever think about that? It was God's sovereign plan that you live in this land and not in Sudan or not in some Muslim country or not somewhere else. That is the Father's plan. It could have been a different plan. Thank you for that, Father. Ever thank God for your good health? You have a heart attack, God spares your life, and so you're limited in what you can do, man. But I'll tell you, you appreciate your health. You appreciate that you're still alive even though you're limited. Think about this. How about protection? Thank God for protection. Psalm 91, verse 11. He gives his what? Charge over you. His angels. You know that. He gives his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Folks, we have no idea what God protects us from physically and spiritually by his angels. Listen, man, you don't know how much I pray for angelic protection over my family and over this church. And I pray for, you listen, I pray for physical protection, especially now when people are doing all this driving. But man, I even pray more for spiritual protection to guard you physically, but to guard your hearts from demonic attack because Satan dispatches his angels to make you miserable. He wants to make you miserable as a Christian and he wants to take away your witness. And so he sends out demonic angels to make you believe his lies. And we need to pray against that demonic attack and thank God for his divine war in his, his divine, his divine war that goes on in the heavenlies through his angels, man, his divine protection. And we just take that stuff for granted when our loved one comes home every day from work. Our kids get off the bus. Thank God for his protection. Thank God for the obvious. The people in your lives who minister to you, who encourage you, who pray for you, who care about you. And I know this takes time. This really takes time. Man, but this, this is a blessing to me. Because I do take that time. And every morning I go over every person I can remember. Sometimes I miss a few. 
that God has sent into my life the day before, either in person or on the phone or email or anything. I go over that and I just think about those people and why they're in my life. And I thank God for those people. And then here's something else you got to do. You got to pray for those people because I really believe, I know, I know, I, I know God brings people into my life for a reason because he wants me to pray for them. And so I need to go over every day and think about those people as blessings of God, even if they challenge me. And I got to pray for those people, see? So that's the obvious. Thank God for answering your prayer. Even if you haven't received the answer, you pray and you thank at the same time. And that is Philippians 4, 6. Man, this is a matter. This is going up a level in maturity. Paul says in 4, 6 of Philippians, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. Again, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Now listen to this. With thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. That's the tough part. Philippians 4, 6. With thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. With thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. You bring your supplications to God and your requests and you thank him for his answers before you ever know how he will answer or what he's going to do. Here's how I think. I looked at Jesus' prayer in Gethsemane. He said, Father, if there's another way, man, I don't want to hang on that cross for six hours and be separated from you and be in my personal hell with darkness over the whole land. I don't want to do that. And if I can avoid all that agony, Father, I want to avoid all that agony. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And see, I have to think like that about God. I have to allow him to accomplish his perfect will in my life. And I really try and thank him before I ever know how he's going to answer that prayer, before I ever receive the answer. And so, you know, because I got the answer I want. But I try and thank him for the answer he's going to give me. And that takes some maturity. I'm not saying I'm the most mature Christian, but that takes you up a level, see? You pray and you thank God before you receive whatever he's going to give you. And what you're saying to God is when you pray like that, you're saying, God, I trust you. That honors God, man. You're saying, God, you're faithful. God, you've answered every prayer I have ever prayed. Man, is this trust. You're saying, when you pray like that, when you pray, thanking God before you ever receive the answer, thanking God for whatever he brings. You know what you're saying? God, you answered every prayer I have, I have ever prayed to you, and you will answer this one. You will. When you pray and thank God before you receive the answer, you're exalting God's righteousness. You're saying, it's right. I accept your answer as being right, whatever it is. I mean, it's the best thing for me. I mean, you're exalting the Father's love. You're saying, you're saying, Father, you won't give me second best. That's not who you are. And when you pray and thank God before you receive, I'll tell you what, you can let go. Seriously. When you can thank God for what he's going to bring into your life, for how he's going to answer that prayer, man, you let that issue rest with God. And you guys can really release and know his peace. Here's another level of thanksgiving, and I believe this is the highest level of Christian maturity. When you thank God for your most difficult times. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything, 
or NIV, in all circumstances, in all circumstances, in everything, give thanks. Why? This is the will of God. That's what he wants. He wants you to thank him for everything. Do you do that? This is God's will in Christ Jesus. Okay. Look at Job. You know the story. Satan said to God, take away the hedge of protection you have around Job. You take away the hedge of protection. I mean, you, 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 you're not letting anything hurt that guy. You leave me at him. You take away the hedge of protection and he will curse you to your face. And so God took away the hedge and he set limits on what Job could do. Job could do anything up to, I'm sorry, Satan could do anything up to taking Job's life. So I'm looking at verse 13 of Job 1. Not, folks, get this. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. It looks like their oldest brother was the party guy. He had his brothers and sisters over all the time and they're partying. So there was a day and they're drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing, the donkeys feeding beside them. When the Sabians raided them and took them away, indeed they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword and I alone have escaped to tell you. So they kill the oxen and the donkeys and that's a lot of his wealth. Then they kill all the servants who tended the oxen and the donkeys. And I got to believe that these servants were like family to Job. They were like family to Job. And then that happens with the camels. It happens with the sheep. Each animal gone. Every servant who tended those animals are dead. I thought about that. And Job was a righteous giving man. Then you go to verse 18. While he was still speaking, another came, another servant came and said, your sons and daughters... We're eating and drinking wine in the party guy's house, the oldest brother. And suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness, struck the four corners of the house, fell on the young people, and they are dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you, could you handle that? How would you handle that? Listen. I can't even imagine this. Then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, fell to the ground, and worshipped. He worshipped. He said, naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I'll return there. The Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. Blessed, did you hear that? Blessed, blessed, blessed. Blessed, all his servants gone, all his animals gone, all his wealth gone, his whole family gone. He fell down and worshiped and said, blessed, blessed, blessed be the name of the Lord. He said, it's all God's to begin with. He gave it. He has the right to take it away. And Job worshiped God. I don't know if I can relate to that. I don't know if you can relate. You come home, there's a note. I don't want to be married to you anymore. A bunch of people have gotten notes like that. They come home, I don't want to be married to you anymore. I took the kids, I'm gone. You get the pathology report, stage three or four cancer, and you're going to have to have chemotherapy, and you're going to lose your hair, and you're going to get nauseated. You're not going to have an appetite. And you're going to want to vomit. And you're going to have nothing in you to vomit up. And you're going to get the dry heaves and the dry heaves. So much your, you, you, your body wants to split in half. And you're going to say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for something like that. 
Do you go to work, your boss has a memo in his hand, cutbacks, clean off your desk? One day gainfully employed, the next, how am I going to make the house payment? Thank you, God. You got to be kidding, God. You got to be kidding me. Thank God for stuff like that. But then you see, you see, this is, a, this is where you go up a level of faith. Because see, then you begin to think. You begin to think like this. You begin to think of reasons. Well, maybe God's going to take me through this and allow me to experience this because he wants to send somebody into my life who I'm going to be able to minister to someday. He's letting me go through this so I can bless other people who are going to go through the same thing. Or you begin to think, well, maybe I'm too tied to this world and God has to wean me from this world and set my hopes on heaven instead of on the stuff of this world. See, and now you're thinking like God wants you to think. You're going up a level of faith. All sorts of things go through your mind, but when you thank God for this difficulty, you're saying to God, I know this had to pass through your hands first. I know you're part of it. I know it has reason. I know it has purpose. And that is a depth of Christian maturity that lots of you folks don't have, that I don't sometimes have. And that a lot of, to get to that point is a blessing. You say, I know you won't give me more than I can handle. And I know you'll walk through this whole deal with me. That honors God. That honors God. That honors God, man. Does that honor God? And maybe this is just me. But when you hurt, they have to say, this is what's going on in my life, see? And it's tough. And I welcome your prayers. See, but in your alone times with God, in this difficult things, you work through it with God. Just Him and you, man. Him and you, baby. Think About It is sponsored by Real Life Christian Church. Real Life Christian Church meets in Endeavor Middle School, 22505 26 Mile Road, just west of North Avenue in Ray, Michigan. Sunday service starts at 10 a.m. Visit us on the web at rlcc.us. Never miss a single message from Pastor Rasper. Just go to faithtalk1500.com and download the Real Life Podcast. And until next week, may God's Word do a work in you. Real Life Christian Church. Get real.